Welcome to the Back in Action Podcast. Are you a weekend warrior, a current or former high-performing athlete, or do you just have questions about what a chiropractor can do for you in a rehab setting? Here, we'll dive into the world of chiropractic and exercise rehab and how they both can be utilized to get you back in action. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of Back in Action. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, we're going to take you through why it's important to treat the cause and not the symptoms. Um, so when we think about this, we tend to think of, um, in today's society, a lot of the times we focus on, uh, well, I know like when you go to the doctors, they focus on giving you some pain medications or uh, drugs to help you with whatever symptoms you're having, but they don't necessarily get at the root cause of the issues. Um, you know, so someone that I've, I follow on Instagram, who's been really influential on dealing with this topic is Paul Salandino. He's an MD out of university of Arizona. And he talks a lot about how medical school doesn't really touch upon nutrition a lot. Um, and how that actually plays such a huge role, like the foods we eat play such a huge role in triggering immune system uh, responses that can lead to autoimmunity, uh, inflammation, chronic disease. And he just talks a lot about how MDs have such a knee-jerk reaction to prescribing medications to just, like I said, just deal with the symptoms and not hit the root cause of anything. Um, so we're going to take a different approach to that, and we're going to talk about that um, in terms of injuries that we see in people who are very active, those who use the gym a lot, athletes, runners. Um, we're going to get into all that and give our kind of spin on it. Um, so I think, Connor, you wanted to start us off by talking about some of that, correct? Uh, yeah, for the, uh, something I use quite a lot in, pra in practice is assessment of movement patterns and all that and kind of getting towards the, the root of the lack of better term problem more or less than treating what symptoms might be might be uh, at the forefront so what i like to do a lot is we'll say if somebody like we'll start, say hamstring strains because that's one thing that i, I kind of have a little opinion about is something so strong like the the hamstring is typically a muscle that just isn't usually the cause there the symptom it's the symptom it's not usually the cause of all of that it usually comes down to poor movement patterns and stuff in through like the ankle definitely from you think about running and all of that to, you think of some pro athletes running up and down the court or the field and if they've had multiple ankle sprains their mechanics are definitely thrown off along uh like along the chain and it's going to go to the to the strongest spot and that is that of the hamstring so hamstrings very rarely will just go out on their own or become like a hamstring strain on their own it's definitely through a lot of like poor mechanics whether that be through the hip or through the ankle itself and also kind of see a, a lot of that in knee pain cases as well that i know a lot of it comes from the ankle but also a lot of it can come from the hips and having bad hips can definitely lead to further problems down the line whether that be knee ankle or anything like that the just kind of assessing the whole movement pattern as it's 
as one and not just the symptom that might be presenting in your office. And there's definitely been a couple of courses that I've taken to, to have really hammered that home for me. And that's kind of how I view most of my practice is doing all of, all of that. Yeah, I'm happy you brought up the runner example again. Uh, just as a disclaimer for our uh, viewers, we recorded a whole episode, uh, about 30 minutes worth, and at the very last minute, my internet decided to go out, so we lost all of it. But we did a lot of talking about um, runners and knee pain, and I do want to just harp on that a lot, or not a lot, I harp on that again, just because we got a lot of good content out of that. Um, so with runners who have knee pain, um, you know, it's huge for us to take a look, like you said, Connor, at the biomechanics of things, um, take a look at the wear on the bottom of their shoes, see if they're over pronating, um, if the knee's deviating medially, um, and just looking at the surrounding tissues, um, you know, the gastroxoleus, make sure the Achilles, um, is functioning properly, uh, make sure that the glutes, there's no huge issues there, um. And like you said, checking ankle mobility and uh, hip mobility are also two huge components. And that's a big reason why we say treat the cause, not the symptom, because a lot of the times the main complaint might be the knee, but the knee's not the problem. And we have to go and kind of navigate our way through to detect where that problem is so that we can help our patients get out of pain and we can help them come up with ways to work on stability or work on strengthening or loosen things up if we need to do that as well. Um, and I wanted to ask, uh, Austin, um, obviously like it's kind of going verbatim how our last one went, but, uh, if you want to give your two cents on that, just, uh, talking about treating the cause, not the symptom. And then, uh, I just have a question for you when you, when you give your input on that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Welcome to 4.5. Um, yeah. Cause versus the symptom. Yeah, definitely. Just like uh, for me, it depends obviously what your patient is dealing with, but, um, doing like a lot of, uh, like movement analysis, that kind of stuff, seeing how your patient's moving. Cause it's not necessarily like that specific structure. It might be something that they are doing on a daily basis, um, or just like how they're, how they're moving. So when you think about like repetitive injuries, which is like the topic of this podcast, you can think of. Um, a lot of like, I don't know, like also tendonitis issues, shin splints, um, just some like, like typical, like overuse injuries, um, as like those repetitive injuries as well. So just thinking about like, what is it that they essentially do that are causing these problems for them and just looking how you can address those problems or change things in their daily lives that will maybe make them less, um, susceptible to these injuries. Yeah, I think, um, you made really good points with that. So what I want to ask you then is, uh, still staying on the topic of the runner. Um, let's say you have a 40 year old female marathon runner, um, come into your office. She's complaining of that medial knee pain. Um, how would you target your, how would you target your questions during your history for this patient and then um how would you like what kind of exam would you do to analyze you know what's going on yeah so when you're working with i mean in this case it's she's an athlete like she's trying to 
Um, she's a marathon runner. Uh, so you can't just be like, yeah, like you're, you're not going to be running anymore. Um, but at a certain point, like if it is where she, it's hurting her, where like her, I don't know, hurting her right into her run. Maybe you have to look at addressing something else. Um, but I would probably start off talking with her about, um, what her typical week looks like in terms of volume of running. So just assessing that, um, and then ask her if her training has changed at all, or if it's kind of stayed the same. And if this has been something that she's dealt with before, because obviously if it's a repetitive issue, um, then maybe you have to address, okay, what are her, where is she lacking? Like, is it a strength element? Is it a recovery element? Is it kind of a combination of all of them? Um, and look at it, look at it that way. Um, with this runner, I would say just like addressing like what her goals are. Like, obviously if there's something that is coming up soon, you're going to have to address that a little bit sooner rather than later. Um, but with, with her and this medial knee pain, just seeing kind of what bothers her. So then if you go further into an evaluation, um, what motions, what loading through the knee kind of bothers her. So do like a valgus varus stress test. I mean, obviously just to see if there's anything ligamentous going on or any movements that kind of bother her knee. Um, And then from there, you can kind of gauge where you're going to go next. So for someone like her, I mean, it's hard because you don't really have the answers to a lot of these things. So if it was something where like her knee is hurting her, um, maybe 20 minutes into a run, maybe we're cutting back on that run now where instead of running for 20 minutes, she's running 10 minutes. Um, but then we can also supplement that with other stuff. So she doesn't feel like she's missing out on training rather she's just changing her training up. So instead of running for 20 minutes, it's 10 minutes, but then she's also doing some, um, strengthening work to kind of build the capacity for her quads and her hamstrings and everything else that involved, um, within running to kind of take that load off that, uh, medial knee pain that she's kind of dealing with. Yeah. And just kind of, um, going along, staying on track with the runner example, um, Connor and I really enjoy watching the squat university, um, guy on YouTube and uh, Instagram and TikTok. Um, so if you have a, a runner who does have that knee pain like that, another good thing to try is uh, he calls it kettlebell weight shifts. Um, and it's just a really good way to kind of work on the area that's tighter. Um, so usually the side that's having the pain is usually the side that's that's having some tightness issues. Um, and it's usually in the glutes, um, and the hip flexors, but so number one, the first thing he does is he evaluates them. So when he evaluates them, he has them run on a treadmill, indicate where their pain is. And then from there, he actually lays them on a treatment table and he uses Faber's test. So the figure four test, um, to check which knee stays more elevated. So in reality, he's seeing which one's closer to the table and the one that's further from the table is the side with the tightness. So then he gets into, um, doing these kettlebell shifts and Connor, you explained it as 
essentially a excellent way to do hip mobility and uh it's kind of like doing a lateral lunge from a one knee stance um and obviously you're gonna lean into the area that you're gonna lean into the problem leg so the problem leg will be in the air um and you really want to emphasize squeezing the glutes shifting towards that foot um and you should really feel a stretch in your groin and he always says hold for five seconds and do it five times And then another really good exercise that he gave on top of that is doing, uh, he called them open pack clamshells, and you're going to do that with a resistance band around your knees. Um, So we all know how to do clamshells, so just hold that open position, hold that for five seconds, do that five times, and then he reevaluates the runner to see if their pain went away. And it's, it's pretty miraculous how quick people notice differences. I mean, I don't know if that's sake, just for the sake of the videos or not, but I mean... He, he gets great results, and I think that's a great thing to, to try if you have runners who are suffering from um, knee pain. Connor, I don't know if you wanted to touch on that or if I explained the kettlebell shift well enough. Yeah, no, you, you did a really good job of that. It's pretty much just like a side lunge with the kettlebell pulling it towards the ground. But when it comes to like people like that, I know it's going to be hard to teach them and kind of preach that sometimes less is more. And I know we talked about it two podcasts ago. It kind of comes down to, to the mindset of the athlete. And if they're willing to accept that, okay, I get pain at this point. So in order to get over that hump, I must first come back, get some active recovery, and then work through that. That kind of is something that more higher performing athletes are going to be more well-versed in is something along those lines. So really just, again, it comes back to preaching mindset and talking about being okay with doing less for the meantime, but obviously doing something still that's pain-free. And I feel like a lot of the patient population is so caught up in Oh, I need to, I have an injury. I need to rest for this amount of time. And really all they're doing is just putting themselves further back on their healing process. And I know a lot in Western medicine and all of that, it's historically been a lot about resting and taking time off and letting the body heal itself, but really the body heals itself through motion. So keeping that motion is definitely something that we need to be able to preach in our in our clinics so yeah keeping the body in motion is the best way to heal itself i think yeah for sure um either one of you can take this question but what are and i don't mean to harp on runners so much i know i said that last on our last take too but um it's just a really good example um especially for this next question i have which is how do you combat uh overuse injuries and I mean, it can be attributed to any sport in general, but for, especially for runners who, you know, they love to, I don't get it, but they love running so much. So you can't obviously, you can't, you can't obviously tell that person, anyone who, anyone who's like so into it and has a routine to run every day, you can't just tell them stop running outright. Like anyone who loves it, they're not going to want to stop. They're going to want to do things to get better. But how do you combat that whole, um, issue of a possible overuse injury occurring down the line yeah um i think like overuse like you said 
obviously in the word itself is overuse. So trying to get them to kind of modify it in a sense that will allow to their tissues to reheal. So if you can modify it where they're maybe not going through as much volume on a daily basis or a weekly basis or whatever um, time measure you want. So kind of modifying that. Um, Connor made a good point about like the whole mindset aspect of it. So like when you're working with athletes, like trying to kind of make them realize that this is going to help them in the long run rather than hurt them. Um, but yeah, just trying to like modify their activity um, and really just like giving their tissues time to kind of rest because for a runner, for example, like a lot of them will, will suffer from like shin splints and stuff. Um, and going out and running and continually running isn't going to make that better. Uh, and that's where I had this fire line last podcast, but I said, you can't get, what did I say? You can't get wrong with get. You can't go wrong with getting strong. And I put it on a t-shirt <laughs> and I strongly agree with that. And, and a lot of these overuse cases, um, it's modifying the volume, but then also addressing other areas of need. And a lot of that times it's through trying to increase their capacity to withstand those loads for, so for a runner, I would really address trying to like strengthen, you know, quads, hamstrings, glutes to try and strengthen those areas. So for our example, with the, the female with the knee um, pain, basically the, f- the forces are better well, like dispersed throughout the body rather than just straight through that knee, because she's got, she's a little bit stronger. She can withstand more, um, impact and more force. So I would say little modifying volume and increasing strength, focusing on strength, at least for this like case. I don't know if you guys would approach it differently. Yeah. And there's also some, yeah. There's also something to be said about if, like, say she gets, like we said, after like 20 minutes or something like that, you're doing a 15 minutes of running and then another form of cardio, like either like swimming, hopping on the bike or even the elliptical, just keeping the mode is different, but the result is going to be the same at the end. You're just increasing cardio, like increasing your cardiovascular health and like capacity and all of that. So kind of combating that is you're like, okay, so we might be taking away some of your run, which is the thing that gives you pain, but we're going to supplement it with another form of cardio to keep that same level. So you're not going to go down on anything, but we're going to give your knee and your hips and stuff like that. Just time to kind of get acclimated to the form, like the, the force that's going through them and all of that. But definitely the strength thing is something that we'll harp on for, forever is like like Austin said you can't go wrong being strong or getting strong and that's something that they'll probably have already into their their regime but really preaching that on those active rest days is maybe you're going for a five minute run as your active rest and then doing weights and stuff like that whereas on your run days you're not doing as much weights, if any weights, and you're more focused on the cardio health and all of that. But I think a high level athletes are definitely going to have the mindset to kind of get through all of that. And they'll be more willing to 
kind of add that into that. It's a little bit harder when it comes to your general population where it's you're trying to get them to just walk to like they get pain walking to their neighbors and you're like, okay, well, let's go out the door and around the driveway a couple times just to keep moving. And then the week after we'll see if you can get to the mailbox and then work the way through there. So a lot of people have been always taught that as soon as you feel pain, stop doing whatever gives you pain and it'll get better. But really what we want to preach is, Yes, this gives you pain. Do just a little bit less that doesn't like mm-hmm. that won't put you in pain and we'll work with that and we can supplement in other forms. So that's kind of the hardest thing I think that we have to is the education part of like rest is not the answer in yeah. most cases. It's meat, in some meat, cases baby. it is. But is it mod- rest modify? is the real answer. I forget. Modify exercise. Analgesics. Yep. Treatment. Mobilize, mobilize, yes. No, it was mobilize, exercise, treatment. See, this is why I keep a notebook of everything. <laughs> I I do like what you yep. touched upon, though, like we, for the runner. Um, and that's why like, they keep your trying own. to find different avenues of cardio that they can do. Because um, I think that's huge, too. Like, yeah, they're not going to get that specific training of running, but at least they can still maintain their cardi- cardio output um through other forms of like maybe lower impact cardio um i think you could also do it where like you change their type of run too where like instead of doing like you could you could pace them so it could be like a slower pace so they're not putting as much force in through their joints but i definitely like the the modifying like the the type of cardio they're doing that's all Um, all right. So what are, let's, um, let's talk about some of the recent injuries that we've had, um, and what kind of rehab we did to either if we got it from someone else or if we came up with it on our own, um, just talk about your injury and what you did to rehab it and just touch upon maybe if it's going well or what you think it can improve upon. Well, I, I know you got a pretty good one, Bridget. So why don't you tell people about like the story that you, you have that we're all well-versed in because it seems like we've kind of been treating you as a whole. Yeah. So I have been dealing with a lot of left-sided, um, SI pain, um, as well as just kind of just like pretty like deep low back pain. Um, whenever I'm doing, um, RDLs or deadlifts. And I know like Connor and I have gone back and forth a lot of times about trying to figure out what's going on. And one of the things was a video he sent me again from the squat university guy. Um, and it was to help with bracing, um, and diaphragmatic breathing. So the exercise was just lie flat on your back, get a light sized kettlebell, put it on your stomach. And you want to try to raise the kettlebell up and down so it's again just engaging your diaphragm when you're breathing and it's to kind of like train that type of breathing so that you can brace better while you're deadlifting and that did help um a little bit i definitely still had some pain but um 
did notice a difference, but I was still, like, just trying to figure out, like, all right, like, what else can I do to, like, really combat this pain? Because a lot of it was, you know, we we worked on the breathing. Okay, we did that. It it helped, but it didn't. Um, And then, like, one of the things we talked about was trying to engage my lats more. And it wasn't until I finally took the next step where I had the barbell in front of me. And then what I did was I took a resistance band, tied it to the middle of the barbell, and then tied it to a pole that was like facing the mirror in front of me. And what that was doing is the resistance band was pulling the bar towards the mirror. So I had to really engage my lats to keep that bar like kind of locked towards me. And it really forced me to like stiffen my torso. Um, And I noticed that with doing that and training like that a few times, excuse me, um, with training like that a few times, I, I definitely noticed a difference in, um, you know, I didn't have as much pain as I did in the past. So, and that's a huge thing too, like that exercise, like people who have like a flexion intolerance or like a torque intolerance and deflection, like that's definitely a good exercise, ex- exercise for them to try too. Um, just cause it kind of teaches that motion a little better and teaches you how yeah, to engage dope. the lat, like the I, lats I, better I like so that, that you're not just like modifying the, the exercise and, and something that kind of, back. Even just like those small little differences that can make um, in an exercise that teach you how to like kind of activate more or just kind of like heighten your, um, what do they call it, kinesthetic awareness of your body, kind of where it's at 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 a particular time. Um, for, For me and like my injury, it was nothing like nothing too crazy, but I was going through some like elbow tendonitis. So I'd say like, honestly kind of a repetitive injury because it would be good for a little bit and then it would come back and be really shitty and I couldn't do many like pressing motions or like any tricep stuff so I kind of finally was like okay like well first off I'm in Cairo school so I'm like okay I should know how to address this so like thought about it I was like all right like let's change the loads kind of change what i'm doing find a position that's kind of comfortable for my elbow so i can still train it but it took me kind of reducing the loads and to um really focus on like where my position my elbow was to take the the pressure off that tendon and i kind of built it back up and now to the point where like i'm not feeling at all like with a lot of pressing motions and a lot of tricep stuff um and that was like a problem that was get like an issue on and off for like over a year. So it was pretty, pretty annoying. So I'm glad I kind of got to the bottom of that by just kind of modifying a few things rather than just completely cutting out pressing or um, tricep exercises. That's how I kind of went about it. Yeah, like just about, um, I definitely training has been kind of intermittent. So are like, you back not to your as consistent as I now? would like it to be? Um, where now, like the last couple of weeks, I've been a lot more consistent with it and um, haven't really been feeling any pain in the elbow, which is kind of nice because um, it was definitely giving me problems for for a while there.
Yeah, I kind of get the same thing, but it's, I mean, I've had this knee pain for, oh, probably two and a half years now. And I know Bridget's done some treatment and stuff on it. And it's kind of goes back to me not taking care of my hips and my ankles. Playing hockey for a long time, you've developed what everyone likes to call hockey hips, which is just shitty hips. And that being said, it's my ankles. I've sprained them more times than I'd like to admit. But definitely know that my knee pain isn't coming from my knee. I've never done anything to my knee, but I've done so much to my hips and ankles that... It got to the point where I couldn't really squat heavy without having almost excruciating knee pain. And with that exercise that Bridget was talking about earlier from Squat University, that kettlebell hip shift, doing that along with some like weighted ankle mobilizations and stuff has definitely helped me be able to squat in general and then be able to squat a little bit heavier with without as much pain. Still have a little pain here and there, but I know this is isn't something that happened overnight, so it's not going to fix itself overnight. And that's something we preach to a lot of patients too, is your 20-year back pain or knee pain didn't just come on overnight. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to fix it overnight. And we kind of have to get right to the root of what may have caused this when you were younger. So something like that is something I've had to deal with. And now I'm back moving decent weight and not having nearly as much pain. And I do these probably 10, 15 minutes before, like before my, like my leg day workout and it seems to help quite a lot. So it's definitely something I'd encourage everyone to add into their even daily workouts to you can, like mobilize the hips and the ankles. Cause that's where a lot of people's problems in the lower extremity are going to rise from yeah i definitely think that's a good thing to try out um and definitely if you don't follow him already you should give the guy from squat university a follow because he's he's got some great content um while you're at it you can give the back in action podcast a follow on instagram as well um if you don't like the content we put up austin's in charge if you do like it i'm in charge so whatever whatever you also whatever feedback you guys give us um if you have questions or anything feel free to reach out um all right so i think we're gonna wrap it up for tonight um and i think next week we're talking about uh what do i got on here program design key principles when lifting um and what to do if you're solo training what are some basic technique ideas you should focus on and ways you can mitigate uh injuries and the risk of injuries so with that being said, we're going to wrap it up and we will see you next time on the Back in Action podcast.